Wise people are not always silent, but they know when to be. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. Make sure you subscribe on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. Why haven't you signed up yet? Make sure you sign up at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org to get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. This offer is free for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. Wise people are not always silent, but they know when to be. To avoid the uh, the obvious self-conviction here of me being a wise person, I don't necessarily consider myself wise. I try to keep a constant state of humility because I am a human being and undoubtedly many of the things, thoughts, actions, and ideas that I communicate are academic. Oh, no, not even academic. That's a bad word for it. Are uh, trivial at best compared to the infinite wisdom of many others. So the, I, I don't want this to be a self-proclamation of my own wisdom, but I have noticed this in people who I would consider wise. This character trait of communication, it's something I'm constantly working on. Uh, it, human beings and conversations are so incredibly complex the things we say and do are open to gross misinterpretation. We don't really know what's going through people's heads at the time. We don't know what's going through their lives at the time. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know where they come from. We don't know where they're going. We don't know where they are now. Even the people we think we know the best, we do not know them. Really? We don't know their hearts. We don't know their secret desires. We don't know their secret flaws. We don't know the skeletons in their closet. There's so many things we don't know. I am probably at my best and at my wisest when I'm most aware of this. When I'm most aware of my limitations and my limited knowledge. This is when I'm most likely to say or not say the right thing. I don't know what it is about, I think it might be just our egos or it might be our pride. We, we, we definitely want to slip into this, we got it all figured out mentality. And we want to be super quick to give advice. Very few of us are super quick to take it. Focusing on other people's problems is, a, uh, is an easy thing to do. You know, It's easy to get wrapped up in what other people are going through and to give them advice and to have them all figured out at least in our own minds. In fact, the more we can focus on other people's problems and flaws, the less we have to focus on our own. Should I repeat that? The more we focus on other people's problems, the less we have to focus on our own. And so I think we all have this natural tendency to gravitate toward pointing out other people's flaws. 
Uh, even Christ said this in the Bible. He said, you know, why do you point out the log and uh, the splinter in other people's eyes when you're completely ignoring the log in your own? That's quite an analogy, right? That's quite an, that's quite some imagery. We're pointing out the the splinter, which is a tiny little piece of wood in somebody else's eye, and we're ignoring the log in our own. Pretty sure if we had a log in our eye, we should probably notice it. Arguably, when we do, we are aware of other people's flaws. That's because we do possess them ourselves. That's a secondary point of conviction on that quote. It's like the reason we see splinters in other people's eyes is because we we have logs in our own. Our minds are already focused on it because we are already we already possess those flaws. There's nothing more revealing than a critical person. You know, it, it actually reveals a portion or a segment of their character. You know, that's another thing he was trying to tell us. Is that when people are incredibly super critical, what they're actually pointing out is their own flaws. It's something that they wrestle and struggle with. And it's the same thing we do to others. We, If we are hypercritical and judgmental towards others, it's generally because we are guilty of it ourselves. This is convicting for me just to say out loud because I can already think of a handful of points in which I was judgmental towards people just in the last 24 hours, especially on the internet. You know, I may not have said anything. Maybe I did. But even then, I, the reason I did and the reason I saw those flaws was because I have them. That's a terrifying prospect when you sit down and think about it. I think the more aware we become of our own self-insufficiency, the easier being silent becomes. But wise people are not always silent. Just like this quote says, they are not always silent. You know, just we can get a, to a point of, of quote unquote humility or self-reflection so severe that we don't offer our advice and wisdom to others, which is also not good. We need to be willing to share and express the truth when it's appropriate, when it creates or generates an opportunity of growth. Because there is another quote that says, as iron sharpens iron, this is another biblical quote. So when one man sharps another, and and this is not something that is not without heat and conflict. When, you, when you're sharpening something, it generate, generates friction and sparks. When you're sharpening a weapon for its purpose. So that's not without heat. It's not without friction. It's not without scratching it up. So there are points in which we need to be able to sharpen each other. And you can't sharpen each other without saying anything. So there are absolutely appropriate times in which we must be confrontational, must not remain silent. And finding this balance between these two extremes can is, is a constant struggle for me. Maybe you're one of those people who are blessed with discernment. You have the ability to know when it's appropriate to speak more often than others. Actually, two people popped into my head that you don't know. I just know them personally who are really, really good at this. They're incredibly good listeners. And then when they finally do speak up, it's it's a well-refined thought. And it it is almost surgical in its approach. 
You know, we have to be quick, quick to listen, but slow to speak. You know, because what we should do is we should try to observe, listen, process. And to the best of our ability, because we are limited with knowledge and understanding. If, if we feel we have something of value to add, try to be incredibly surgical in that process. Think of a surgeon. In, in this context, it's very appropriate. Because a surgeon, what they do, essentially, at the core of their job, is to isolate the problem to its singular root cause. And if that is a, a tumor or if it's an appendicitis thing or like maybe you got an appendix that's bad or maybe there's a there's a wound that needs a specific stitching or maybe it's a heart issue that needs a specific valve. Think of how much time, effort, and energy and study goes into each patient and how they collect so much information and data and x-rays if necessary and MRIs and they bring it all together and they put it in the file and they, they research and analyze the file and they look at the photos and they reevaluate their tools and they make sure they got the right tools for the job. All of this for what? A one or two hour in many cases procedure. Decade, a decade of education, years of experience, hordes of data so that they can make a one hour or two hour, of course, more advanced surgeries require more than that procedure. And the point of all that study and all that preparation is so that they can be surgical and, and only cut out the exact amount of something that needs cut out or stitch or repair, the exact amount of something that needs to be repaired while causing minimal damage and minimal collateral damage. I genuinely believe educators, teachers, people who are, are wise are incredibly good at this. They're surgical in their approach to a problem. They take the culmination of their experience and everything that they've studied and learned and they listen and they take this human being and everything about them into account or everything they know about them. They ask questions. And as with, did you know there's plenty of surgeons who look at a problem and they say, this is not something I can fix. They are aware of their, their self-limitations. This is another thing that wise people do. They, say, they may look at a problem and say, this is beyond me. And actually, if I inject myself into this, I may cause more harm than good, just like a surgeon might. They may actually destroy parts of the body that cannot be fixed. Surgeons have humility, at least with their jobs. They know when the problem is beyond them. Before we unpack this a little bit more, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. 
You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. You'll never be charged a penny. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible for this offer for my listeners. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing dot org. And sign up right now. So this analogy of the surgeon is something I try to constantly remind myself of because we are so quick to give advice. And in many cases, it's just not appropriate. Did you know that most people can figure out problems on their own? They have brains. <laughs> Sometimes the best place you can be is you can you can be in that position where you just ask questions. I cannot tell you the number of problems I've seen people solve just simply by asking questions. My favorite thing to do, and I can't remember what book I read this in, because it it definitely came from a book. It was not my idea. And I do know that Christ did this a lot in the Bible. And of course, I think he was the ultimate teacher. But um, is to ask empowering questions. So for example, maybe you don't know what to do in a situation because you understand the complexity of this. But you can ask people questions so that they can navigate it. Because believe it or not, they know their situation better than you do in most cases. They they know all the variables, or at least most of the variables surrounding it. And so you can ask questions like, tell me more about that. Oh no, what are you going to do about that? What are your thoughts on that? What do you think? Is there anything you can do about that? These are all calls to action. These are all empowering questions. They position the person being asked the question into a position of power in which they may or may not realize they do have some control. Or they may come to the conclusion that there is nothing they can do about it. And they may just say, well, there's nothing I can do. And even that is helpful to them because you've at least shown them or at least put them in a position to communicate their lack of power over a situation. And that's good for people to acknowledge when they're powerless over something. It's good for us to acknowledge our limitations. It's different for you to tell somebody they have no power or control over that than for them to admit it themselves or for them to come to that conclusion themselves. So in many cases, the best thing we can do is just ask questions. And, and be genuine about those questions. Try to, like the surgeon, gather more data, gather more information. Say things like, have you spoken to somebody about that? Have you tried talking to a doctor? Have you tried talking to a therapist? Have you tried talking to a psychologist? Have you tried talking to a, a pastor or a priest or your church leader? Have you tried talking to your parents? Have you tried talking to your friends? I could go on and on and on. There's a million questions you could ask. That are empowering. Have you read a book about that? Have you considered reading this specific book about it? Have you considered this quote that I found useful? 
in a situation like that. Putting people into a position of power also puts you into a position of humility in which you are not judging them and you're not even opening yourself up to the potential of being, of course, unless your questions are sarcastic and rhetorical. <laughs> you're putting yourself into a position of being useful. Because you're at least by asking these types of questions, you are putting yourself, you are not positioning yourself as their leader, right? You're not messing with the power dynamic of the relationship. You're empowering them. You know, and, and this, this other thing, just to kind of keep conversations going, is wise people are not always silent, but they know when to be, is, you know, facial reactions, nodding your head, saying things like, one of my favorite things to say, and I think I learned this from my father and my mother, and I didn't even realize I learned it from him. Is saying something like, I understand. I'm sorry. You know, just. Just just communicating. Emotion. And telling them and meaning it like I understand. That sucks. I'm really sorry. You know, like. Just communicating in an effective way where you're not you don't have to give people advice about everything you know sometimes people just want to be heard in fact most cases i think people just want to be heard you know we've all become such terrible listeners you know that's myself included so we do need to learn this discernment thing you know and, and i think it's a skill we can all acquire but we also need to be able to show our teeth when it's appropriate. So I do kind of want to take the last part of this podcast and talk about that because we don't necessarily have a conflict or an aggression problem in our culture right now. I think our biggest problem is we do not set healthy boundaries and we do not push back. We are so laser focused on people's self-esteem and their feelings that we are not useful. And there are absolutely appropriate times in which we should not stay silent. If we are in a situation where we are in an emotionally abusive relationship or people are being toxic toward us and they're exploiting or manipulating us, we absolutely need to set boundaries and communicate. We, we need to be able to be aggressive as well. So that's the second part of this quote. Wise people are not always silent, but they know when to be, which means we also win not to be. So if we want to be a wise person, we do need to be shrewd. And sometimes, like a serpent, we need to be able to bite. Maybe not poison them. <laughs> but we need to be able to know, know when to bite back. Actually, a more appropriate uh, term on this was by Jordan Peterson in his chapter, Always Tell the Truth, is we need to be able to show our teeth. If we are at a point of conflict with somebody, we need to know that they need to know that we are willing to be aggressive. And I don't mean hitting them. But I mean... You're not going to tolerate being walked over. You're not going to tolerate being pushed around. You're not going to tolerate being abused emotionally or definitely not physically. So just like a surgeon, you need to be able to say vicious things from time to time to put people in line. This is absolutely appropriate from time to time. 
Now, granted, you need to do it with extreme humility. This isn't shouldn't be our go-to move. A couple books on this subject are Crucial Confrontations, Crucial Accountability. I don't remember the name of the author of those specifically. It was multiple offers, authors. Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud, which I'm going to recommend probably every video. That book was incredibly eye-opening for me. If you really struggle with this bailing people out because of their self-esteem and their emotions, definitely check out the book Codependent No More. You're probably codependent or you suffer with a degree of codependency, which is an improper power dynamic in a relationship. Relationships should be a combination of two individuals who are responsible for themselves. And the degree in which we are helpful to others should be a mutual bartering in which it's a helping of one another out of mutual respect, not out of a master-slave relationship or a strong, weak relationship. That is an improper power dynamic. So make sure you check out Codependent No More if you're finding yourself in multiple relationships in which you're in an unhealthy power dynamic, in which you are a rescuer, rescuer and a victim all the time. Because I hate to tell you, but you're probably half the problem. <laughs> in most cases in which I had this improper power dynamic, I was half the problem because I was not being honest. And I was not setting healthy boundaries. Uh, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk, another fantastic book on this subject. I think that one's Christian as well. So if you are considering yourself a Christian, that's a great book for that. It's about being lovingly accountable to others and, and having mutual love and respect for each other to the point of holding each other accountable in a proper in a proper way these are excellent tools for knowing when to show your teeth and be more aggressive and push back because wise people we're not just supposed to be sitting around being walked over all the time and silent silently oppressed there are grifters exploiters psychopaths, lunatics, they exist in the world, criminals who will take advantage of good-natured people. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but they there's, there's plenty of them out there, and they will do it. They will take advantage of you. So we need to be emotionally equipped to know when to be aggressive, to, to be able to spot a threat, and to be able to defend ourselves spiritually, emotionally, or our loved ones spiritually and emotionally from these types of people. To pretend that everybody is properly motivated and has good motives all the time is just pure naivet, naivet, naivety, naivete. Naivete. <laughs> having trouble pronouncing that one. It's just naive. How about that? It's an absolute denial of the reality of people in history and experience. I, I wish it were different, but it's not. The world is not. It's just not different. So wise people are not always silent. We do need to know when to be aggressive and to push back and to be shrewd and to cut people off and to set boundaries. This is arguably the, the biggest struggle the bigger struggle of our generation now. In fact, our bigger problem is that we stay silent too much when we shouldn't be. 
but I get it. It's hard. It's hard. It's when you have humility, which is a good thing. You can love people better when you're silent. You can love people better. But we also need to know when not to be. Too much of this is a bad thing. As like anything else I talk about in my show, if you take any one thing to any possible extreme, it, it can become the ultimate evil. You know, ultimate empathy has no accountability. If, if we are 100% in the camp of sensitivity and self-esteem and empathy, then we will never hold anybody accountable ever. And it only takes one well-positioned psychopath or lunatic or grifter or exploiter amongst a group of a thousand empathetic people to just completely destroy that group. And on the opposite end of that, if we're too overbearing, too tyrannical, we aren't empathetic at all, well, then we're all just petty tyrants. And we are incapable of taking care of our neighbor and each other. We are unable to love people properly. We probably never do listen. <laughs> we probably steamroll over every person we interact with. And guess what? That's not good either. <laughs> so finding this balance and, and listening and being surgical, these are all something we need to constantly be refining and being getting better at be improving as with anything else life is a dichotomy of extremes and we have to find out in where, what we're good at what we're not and find that balance in between this has been the wisdom worth knowing podcast i'm your host craig chamberlain i want to thank you for stopping by and listening to this podcast today i hope you found some value in it before you go please like share and subscribe Leave comments as well on your favorite social network. We are on YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. That helps feed the algorithms to help the show grow. Also, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe there as well. That helps the show grow as well. Make sure you stop by the website at wisdomworthknowing.org where you can listen to the show, connect to the show, donate to the show. You can also check out Audible, where listening is the new reading. My listeners get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Swing over and sign up for that special offer for my listeners. I love Audible. All the books I mentioned in here have an audiobook form. And they're not all super long. They're like four to ten hours each. It's not too long. It doesn't take long to burn through these books when you listen to them. It's one of my favorite reasons. It's one of the reasons I like Audible. You can also slow down the audio so they'll read the book slower without changing the pitch of the voice, which is really nice. So if it's a complex topic, you can actually slow down the book. So until next time, wise people are not always silent, but they know when to be. Let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because as always, that's all we can do. Thanks for stopping by. I will see you all tomorrow.